Good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, comments, and especially voice memos to Nassim. This show is best when you get involved. Contact info is on our website at terriblesexwithnassim.com. Good morning, Nassim. Good morning, Daniel. How are you today? I'm, well, the day's just started for me, so we're about to find out. Excellent. What'd you get into this week? Oh, I've been, this is a very heavy work week for me, so... uh, this last night was my only night off and uh i'm just getting back into the grind so did you do anything fun last night um had a couple drinks Some but nothing nothing crazy make out? just hung out <laughs> well good good i'm glad you did <laughs> there are a lot of things that happened <laughs> so anyway it's a sex yes. podcast you're allowed to tell it is- us I guess I am. I mean, not so much last night, but there's a reason I got out of bed so late this morning. Boom. Boom. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. Um, yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. Deep in renovations. They continue. We, uh, we're doing flooring. I got my overalls on. I'm taking a break so I can get together with my buddy Nassim and Here's some fun stories, but uh, after this, I'll be right back to work. I hear you. Um, Well, I hope it's going well. Thank you for taking a break and spending your morning with me. I am very excited and pleased to do so. Excellent. So let's get into it, Mm -hmm. shall we? Uh, So I think this is one that a lot of people, especially people with uteruses, can um, maybe identify with. I don't think this is anything particularly um new or uh novelty but it is something that i think we don't talk about enough well and good that is since it's all about uteruses i'm sure i'll have an awful lot to add <laughs> well but this does have to do with uh we're talking period sex today oh period sex great we're talking period sex today some people hate it some people love it some people are just unsure um so <laughs> there's a lot of advantages to period sex uh you know you've got extra lubrication um th- people can be more sensitive when they have when they're on their period so like erogenous zones are um more sensitive arousal is actually more heightened um, when someone is on their period. All right. But it can be kind of messy, as you know. Yeah, sure. But uh, Yeah. Like playing um, in a mud pit. But, mm, just like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you know that you're on your period, it can be something you can like plan for. But if you're like me, who has uh, hormonal problems. <laughs> problems. Challenges challenges 
sometimes you don't know when you're on your period or when you're going to get your period. Because I can go like six months without having one. So sometimes, like this one time, I was on a date with a guy. And it's funny because he was very excited about the new sheets that he had just bought. Nice. Yeah, he got these like new sheets and they were like really ex- Let me back up yes. just a little. Tell me a little more about this guy. How long have you seen him? Where'd you meet him? Give me the background. Okay, so this guy was somebody that I had met on. Did I meet him on Tinder? I did not meet him on Tinder. I met him on FetLife. All right. Yeah, and we had been talking for a little bit. So um, if you met him on FetLife, then you've got some idea of some things that he's into, right? Sure. Yeah. We were going, it was going to be an impact play session was what was the intention. And then and can you we explain were also, what that is a little bit? Sure. So um, impact play that is. Does mean you're smacking type. each other around? Mm, not quite, but sort of. So. For, so it's always different with depending with the consent, yes, um, depending on the negotiation. So whenever you go into any kind of kink setting, it's always important to negotiate what you're going to do before the scene or before the event. Totally. You know, you talk about you talk about your limits. You talk about you know safe words if you're going to use safe words. You talk about like what is going to happen, um, implements or tools or accessories if you're going to use those and what they are. But it's always within the context of, you know, that relationship and that negotiation. Totally. Because when you get into play like that, there's you 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 need to know. I I assume I'm I'm asking you. I assume it's because you need to know exactly what the other person is expecting. You don't want to find out that somebody hates whips after you hit them with your eight foot long bull whip. Exactly. Right. You know. You can talk about like. Some people want to know exactly what tool they're going to use. Um, some people are okay with a surprise, but they may say, you know, I'm more into thuddy instead of stingy. So, you know, they might use a paddle. They might prefer paddles over like a whip. It doesn't, you know, they're okay with the surprise of what kind of paddle. Just don't use a whip on Right. Me. They just might introduce a range of possibilities that they're okay exactly. with. Exactly. Thank and you. then. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do an impact play section session, but you know, intercourse was also on the table. Anyway, so I meet up with this guy, and he was really excited about these new sheets that he had gotten, um, <laughs> because they were like some sort of special edition. <laughs> I want to say they were like Spider-Man sheets or something. <laughs> There is nothing hotter than starting a session (laughs) off with your limited edition Spidey sheets. Yeah, I don't remember. There were some sort of superhero sheets. I wasn't really paying attention. They were not the highlight of my evening, but he was very excited about these sheets. That is awesome. And I'm pretty sure that he, I mean, he didn't say he did, but I feel like I have, I feel, I, I got a sense that he put them on the bed like especially for this evening because it was <laughs> it was so excited about it. So we go or I go to his apartment and we um have uh a little bit of impact play. Uh I'm a 
I like a, I'm a combination thuddy, stingy person. So my my favorite is barehanded, but I also enjoy a leather belt every so often. Now, so do you enjoy these just on the bum, you think, or all over? Um, I prefer uh, I prefer the ass, but I also like um, like my breasts are are. I, I just like getting hit anywhere. <laughs> um, so, well, good. It sounds, uh, like, sounds like it's a good start with a fella. Yeah. Listen, I got to tell you that I find it pretty adorable that this guy's getting on the fet life, meeting ladies that like to be smacked around a little, and then getting super stoked about his spidey sheets. I think that that's really fun. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell him it was funny because I didn't want it to come off like I was making fun of him. No. But I thought it was pretty cute i thought it was funny. yeah it sounds like you can enjoy the humor of of that part of the setup yeah exactly so so we do some impact play he's used a belt on me um no buckle i'm not into the buckle just this just the leather but some people are into buckles i'm not um so he uses his belt he uses his hand i think there was a flogger involved because i did bring a flogger um with I'm, me i have a i have sure a kink flogger is um the only is example that, is I that can, a tool it's a tool so imagine like a it's got a handle and then usually there's like leather straps that come off of it imagine like a cat of nine tails okay cat of nine tails that's like if I remember, big with the Romans, short handle, long leather strappies, and kind of yeah. like 20 or so tiny whips. Kind of, yeah. And like, so that's a style of a flogger. There, okay. there are heavy floggers, which will have thicker, um, broader leather straps. You can, people make floggers with rope, people make floggers. Um, with chain mail, like there's all different styles of floggers. Floggers basically means it's got a handle and there's multiple straps of some material. Okay. And the straps are floppy, not straight like yes. a riding crop. Correct. Got it. Got it. Thank yes. you. Yes. You're welcome. Um, I love a flogger. Whenever I go to a sex shop, um, especially like with Jar, I'll hold my arm out for him to like test it on me. So I can decide, mm, is this stingy enough? Is this thuddy enough? Is it too stingy? Is it too thuddy? So that's like, I suggest that if you go to a sex shop and there's floggers or there's any kind of implement around, hold your arm out and use it on yourself. Now, how many floggers do you and your husband personally own? Well, uh, I've got the glass one. I've got... A glass flogger? It's got a... So it's actually, it's actually my favorite. So it's... Got a glass handle that doubles as a dildo. And then on the other side of it, it's got leather straps. My goodness. Um, And yeah, that's my favorite. Um, And then I have another one that's like really small, which I don't like as much because I think the smaller it is, the stingier it is. And I'm kind of more on the thuddy end of things. Um, I think we have like three or four. All right, so not like a wall's worth, but 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 a no, a good several to to flip through depending on your mood. Yeah, absolutely. Behind that, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I brought and I have a go bag of like kink accessories that I take with me when I meet people, or when I 
have a scene with somebody, I bring my own implements to sort of have the other person choose from if they so want to, if they don't have their own or to add to their own anyway. So we do our thing. And then I'm super aroused at this point because impact play. Because spidey sheets. Because (laughs) because of the spidey (laughs) sheets. So I um, become very aroused from the impact play. And I'm ready and ruined to go. So I, at this point, I was on my, I was on all fours. And then uh, I get on my back because I want to do missionary. We have sex. And then he pulls out and I get up to go to the bathroom. And I look down and, oh, no. I had my period. I got my period and didn't realize it. And I have now stained. There is blood on this man's new Spider-Man sheets. On this man's limited edition Spider-Man sheets that he's so proud of. He can't just go get another set of these. I mean, he might have been able to. um, But I felt, one, super embarrassed, which which I'll get back to. I was really embarrassed. And two, I just felt really bad. Like, oh, no. I, You know, I didn't know. Had I known, I would have been like, let's put a towel down first. Or we, we would have talked about the fact that I was on my period. Like, maybe we wouldn't have had sex. Maybe we wouldn't have had a session at all. I don't know. Sure. Because some people aren't comfortable with period sex for a variety of reasons. I'd say general um, rule of thumb is keep the surprises during sex to a minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, informed consent, right. folks. So I, you know, I'm apologizing profusely. He's like, it's fine. And it clearly was not right. fine. <laughs> were there tears in his eyes? There were not. There was just uh, mm, quiet stoicism. <laughs> Solid. So, Solid way to handle that. Yeah. No, he was like, it's okay. I'll just, I'll just soak them in some cold water and whatever. And then um, later, I texted him, and I was like, well, how are, the, how are the sheets? I was so concerned with the sheets. Well, uh, I think that that and, says a lot about you and what you're bringing to the table as a partner or as a, as, a, as a play buddy. Like, this guy clearly cared about these sheets, and you're following up to see how they're doing. Yeah. Same and, thing as if you fell off the bed and hurt his cat. You'd follow up and make sure his cat was okay because he cares about the cat. That's true. That is very true. He said, because he had put them in the wash, and then he said, you know, if they don't come out, and then he sent me a link to where he bought the sheets with the expectation that I was going to replace them, (laughs) which I kind of felt, "Mm, (laughs) no, but... I guess I was very luckily it did come out. Okay. He was able to clean them. What was the what was the price point on these sheets? Did you ever even look? They're, I I think they were like eighty dollars. All right, so it wouldn't have like put you. It in wouldn't the have broken out. the bank. No, it wouldn't have broken the bank. But like, still more than I want to spend on a set of sheets that I'm not going to own. Would you have traded them for the stained one so that maybe you had your own spidey sheets that maybe you just flip the sheets over? So the stains at the bottom of the bed and you never see it. I don't know if my husband would have appreciated that. Yeah, that's that. fair. That's fair. Okay. 
So, so it's this awkward, it was awkward, but it wasn't bad. Um, and it's, it's just funny when you don't know that you're on your period. And because, you know, some people are able to track it. A lot of people can track their periods, but a lot of us, um, because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, I don't get regular periods. Like I said, I can go six months without one and not, and not know it. Now, um, when you're on an irregular cycle like that, do you have pregnancy scares all the time? Do you always think you're pregnant or do you test always. regular too? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a, it's a funny thing because I either always think I'm pregnant or my brain's like, you have PCOS. You can't get pregnant, <laughs> which is totally not, not true. Not true. <laughs> it's not true. For the record, you can, not true. You you can get pregnant with PCOS. It's just, you know, the timing is just a little bit different th- or it might be a little bit more challenging. Right, I think that we can say in general, if you've got a uterus and are sexually active, you can get pregnant. No matter what anybody ever told you about anything that you ever have, if you've got those two things, be prepared to get pregnant. There's a good, there's a good, it's a, there's always a possibility. You know, if, if someone told me, because I have been told like, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to get sure. pregnant. I still think every time it's, it's really funny because every time I do bleed, I think maybe I'm pregnant because when there's something called implantation. So when the embryo attaches to the utero lining, you get like that's implantation and you can get bleeding from that. So if I don't, if I haven't gotten my period in, you know, six months, and then suddenly I get a little bit of spotting. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> is now the time. And then I'm always trying to track, like, when was the last time I had unprotected sex? <laughs> and then I count, like, two weeks from that time, and then I take a test. Yeah. Is usually how I do a thing. That sounds reasonable. Is it totally accurate? No. Am I guessing most of the time? Yes. But that's where my brain is. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of always think I'm pregnant or I never think I'm pregnant. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, but another thing that happens when people either don't know that they're on their period or that they forget that they're on their period. Surprise, Dan, this is going to be a two story episode. Uh, This one goes out to you, our terrible listener. Bonus story. Bonus story. Bonus story. It's not my story even. This is somebody else's story. When I was in college, there was a girl, a woman, who uh, was on her period and she put a tampon in. I don't know if she got drunk or what happened, but she forgot that she was on her period. And then she went to a party, hung out with her boyfriend, and ended up having sex with him while she was on her period, while the tampon was still in because she forgot to take the tampon out. Oh, my goodness. This also happens a lot. Really? Like, more, not a lot, but more than you would think. I've hung around with a lot of dudes that have done a lot of dumb drinking, and I'm surprised I haven't heard anyone tell me that before. Yeah, I don't know if he knew that that happened. I don't know if the boyfriend Hmm. knew, but... She later was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she ended up having 
our other friend dig it out for her. Yeah, good. You got a buddy? Get in there and She's solve the problem. Yeah, Cheap, exactly. Cheaper than a trip to the ER. Cheaper than a trip to the ER. Absolutely. That's not an ER visit I ever want to make. No. Don't, no. None of them really are. Anything, none of them really are. But if there's something that's stuck in an orifice of my body because of either stupidity or a good time, or often the case, both, not really something I want to uh, have a physician be privy to, particularly if I'm working at that hospital. <laughs> I could see uh, how that would be the case. Now, I will say that if anyone feels like they have something stuck in an orifice and needs it removed, you should go get medical attention for that. We are not telling you that that's not a good idea. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I'm just telling you my feelings yes. about it. I would still do it. Absolutely. Part of the grown-up part of having sex is taking responsibility for what happens. And if you get a thing stuck in a hole, man, you got to get that thing out. You really do. And it's going to be an um, awkward conversation with whoever you go to for help. But again... These are medical professionals who see this sort of thing all the time. They're used to it. It's nothing special to them. It's just another Tuesday. Right. It won't be the worst thing they've seen stuck in a hole. Absolutely. So, by all means, see a medical professional if you need one. <laughs> um, so, I, I actually really like period sex, kind of going back to the topic, yeah. because of the reasons I talked about. It is, for me, it's far more comfortable because there's more lubrication from the blood. And uh, I am, my arousal is heightened. Erogenous zones are more sensitive. Like, play with my nipples when I'm on my period. And <laughs> whoo, game over. Um, and also, uh, sex, well, on your... Um, period can actually it can speed up the process so you can so if you're not on your period but you're like near ovulation time or if it's a week or a couple days away it can stimulate menstruation okay if you're yeah so if that's something you just want to get out of the way by all means get <laughs> fucked <laughs> you heard if, it here folks get fucked Yes. I find that if I'm on my period and I have sex, my period ends faster. Like it'll, it, Yeah. So it'll last like four days instead of six or whatever. So there are a lot of benefits to having sex while you're on your period. Is it messy? Can be. Um, put a towel down. Do it in the shower. Oh, yeah. That's always a good time. If you can you know, physically make that happen. Um, slip resistant mats. Big help with Slip that. resistant mats. Get like a stool in there or something. I like that idea. Yeah. So period sex. It's it, a lot. I think that a lot of, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like a lot of guys are uncomfortable with it. I think that that's probably correct. Um, but, you know, just like any other sexual act, things can get weird and things can go wrong. And, um, you know, I think most importantly, we have to plan ahead on some level for that to happen if uh, 
we're a partner whose partner is capable of uh, having a period. So if you're engaging in sexual activity with somebody with a uterus, there's a chance that you're going to stimulate a period or that that can happen. Be prepared and don't be a dickhead about it if and when it happens. Right. I mean, there have been people who will full out refuse to have sex if their partner is having their period. Um, because I think there's a stigma. Totally. About it. I mean, a lot of times in many cultures throughout history, the period was considered a dirty time in a in a woman's uh life. We know that to not be true now as modern enlightened people. Um for the most part. For the most part. For the most part. So, uh, so and ser- period sex can be pleasurable for the partner as well, not just for the person having Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I do think, one, if it freaks you out, you're allowed to acknowledge that. And you're allowed, Absolutely. you're allowed to acknowledge that. And, but you should also own it and recognize I don't think it's because you're dirty. I don't think it's because it's a dirty time. This is just my own BS that I'm bringing to the table. And it's one thing that you and I have to work around my own problems, but own it as your own problem, not as a problem with your partner for a week. Exactly. Exactly. Perfectly said, Dan. Um, so yeah. And that's... also give it a try if you haven't, because that's what grownups do. Yeah. Give it a try. You may find out that you like it. You might find out you like it. There's this, th- have you ever, <laughs> Uh, have you ever heard of a man earning his Red Wings? (laughs) I assume we're not talking about the boots. So Red Wings are when you go down on someone, you perform oral sex on someone who is on their period. And then when you pull your face away, there's some blood (laughs) on the side of your lips. Those are your Red Wings. (laughs) The the outline that you just made around your face made me think of the Joker. Similar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fantastic. I've only had that happen once. I've only had one partner who did that, and it blew my mind. (laughs) Nice. And I'm going to put a call out to all our terrible listeners right now. If you've got a story about earning your red wings, we want to hear about it. Either write us or leave us a voice memo at terriblesexwithnaseem.com. All the contact info is right there. And with that, I think we should go to questions. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Hi, Nassim. I'm a 22-year-old male. I had anal sex with my friend. She's a 25-year-old female. We did it doggy style. And after two minutes, my penis started hurting. I guess because of the tightness. So I took it out to rest and I felt gross seeing a little poop sticking on it. I managed to tell her I had to pee and then I went and washed it off. Now she wants it again. How should I tell her about the incident? I don't want to hurt her because we're good friends and have been for a long time now. And our sex life with each other is pretty good. I need advice on this one. So anal sex always comes with the risk of a little bit of of feces on your dick. Um, It's kind of a... Or fingers or tongue um, or whatever you're putting in there. Or or whatever you're putting in there. There's always a possibility. Um... And it's it's tough because you you know you it's you want to be respectful and you want to be tactful, but if it's something that it's an, something you want to engage in again, which it sounds like it is, 
but that's something that you don't want to experience the, you know, the, the feces. You, I think if you're such good friends, which it sounds like you are, I think just being honest about it and saying, hey, this isn't a you problem. This is just sort of what happens with anal sex. If we're going to do that again, can we plan for it? Um, can, can we plan to know, to, you know, um, have this experience? Can we set a date for anal? And when we do that, is it possible for you to maybe do a little prep work before? Just because that aspect made me uncomfortable. I really want to do anal with you again. I had a lot of fun. I think you're great and amazing. But that one thing just made me a little uncomfortable. And would you be okay if like maybe, you know, taking a shower first or um, if you're planning it, maybe a day out or eight hours out, maybe like switch to a clear diet or something or drink a lot of water. Um, I know when I have had anal in the past or thought I was going to have anal in the past, I personally, because that's something that made me really self-conscious. I didn't want to shit on some guy's dick. It's happened. Um, but because that's just sort of the nature of the game, but what you can do is, um, prep work can look like fasting, which depending on what your metabolic and dietary needs are in your health, you, that may or may not be appropriate. Um, switching your diet up a little bit, you know, having a bit of uh, fiber um, the day before and then going to uh, more of a, a liquid diet to just sort of clear everything out and then drinking a lot of water the day of if you if you know that that's something that you're going to do or something that you are intending of doing if that's if um, having bowels is something you want to avoid. Now she may not be, into that, she may be like, no, man, like, I'm not going to change my lifestyle because you're afraid of a little poop. Um, but it's important that you do have that conversation with her. And there is a tactful way of doing it. And I think that is just saying, again, hey, I had a lot of fun. I want to do it again. But this happened. It made me a little uncomfortable. It's not your fault. It's just how it goes sometimes. And it's okay. But if we're going to do this again, I would really prefer if, you know, would you be okay with maybe doing a little bit of prep work? And then you can talk about that. She may have, she may feel uncomfortable and she may be embarrassed. And if she is, you just have to accept that she's going to be embarrassed and hold space for that embarrassment and just reassure her that you know, she didn't do anything wrong and that you're still into her and you still want to participate in this practice with her. Absolutely. And I'll add that while you're figuring out how her body works, what she may or may not need to do uh, to prep or what she may or may not want to do, man, throw a condom on if you're going to do that. Throw a condom on. If this happens again, all you got to do is pull it off. And I feel like that's a little easier sometimes than excusing yourself to go run off to the bathroom or getting all grossed out when you clean stuff off. Just one more option. Absolutely. I think I recommend using a condom when you do anal mm -hmm. anyway. Um, 
one for for that reason alone, just for cleanup purposes. Um, if it's the poop in general that wigs you out, I mean, it's always a risk when you do anal, regardless. Back, so back to the grown up um, part of sex. Back to the grown up part of sex. Things, and things like, in bodies, stuff happens. Stuff happens, and it's okay. Um, I do really want to. I was finished with this. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> I think it was really kind of you and um appropriate for you to not make a big deal totally. of it when it happened and for you to excuse yourself to the restroom saying you had to pee. Um I think that was a great uh way of taking care of what needed to be taken care of as well as uh preserving her uh integrity and her feelings. I think that was fantastic. Great job. But I do think going forward, it should be a conversation that you can be a little bit more open with um, about that potential outcome. So, great and question. Great answer. Good job, Nassim. Now, sticking with the ass thing, I don't know why, but everybody's got questions about it these days. Everybody wants to do it, Dan. It's a great hole. It's a great hole. Hey, Nassim. Do a lot of women like to have their ass eaten? I like doing it, but my wife says to stay away from that area. Sometimes I sneak a lick in, and she seems to like it. She moans anyway, and she doesn't tell me to stop. So, Nassim, what's going on? (laughs) Uh, I think that people have this idea of what ass play is, um, particularly if they've never done it before. If they don't have a lot of experience with um, objects or tongues or fingers or implements going into their rectum, they have this idea that it's dirty and gross. And, you know, like the previous commenter, the the previous uh, listener had talked about, you know, feces are, they happen, it happens. And as the receiving person, there is a bit of embarrassment and fear that you're going to be gross or be disgusting because you may have a bodily function that you can't control. And whether or not women like it, I think that a lot of women don't know that they like it or they don't know whether they like it or not because it's not something that they've ever been comfortable doing with their partner. Personally, I've never had my ass eaten out, so I don't know if I like it. I think I would, um, and it's something that you know I've wanted for a while. But I'm I'm also a little self conscious about that. Uh, she, your your wife, I think probably does like it, but she doesn't realize that she likes it because of you know preconceived notions, stigma, the fear of being considered dirty. Um, and that's probably a conversation you guys can have like, Hey, I've noticed that when we've played around, I've, you know, licked, uh, your asshole and you seem to enjoy it. Maybe that's something that we can expand on again, having a conversation, like we always say, super important. Um, I think that a lot of women though, to answer the you know, the butt, the butt of your question is do women enjoy it? 
I think so. They just don't know it. Let me back up a little bit, if I may. It seems to me like this dude had the conversation with his wife. She told him she didn't like it. And then he went and tried it anyway. And that's kind of where I got a problem about it. And now we're having a conversation about whether she liked it or not. And I got, I got a problem with that. That, you know, I didn't even catch the part where she, yeah, I didn't even catch the part where they already had the conversation in that question. I was focused on one part of the question, which I think is, is, um, and I think your answer was great, but I think one, if you've had the conversation, she said, I don't like it. You shouldn't do that. Two. That is true. Very correct. Yes. In the moment, it seems like things are going that way. And she might have liked it. You stop. stop and you say, I'm into this. Are you into this? Does this feel good? Can I continue? That's the time to ask if we're deviating from what has already been agreed upon. If that is okay in your relationship, I assume with a wife, you've had a lot of communication in the past. If this is a new partner, don't go creeping up to a line that they've already said don't cross. That's super important. And I'm really glad you brought that up, Dan. So because consent is fluid, yes. Um, some consent can always be revoked. Consent can always be changed, even within a moment. However, if someone has already put down a limit or a boundary, you have to respect it, even if it's with your wife or your especially husband. Especially if it's or, with your wife or your husband. Especially, yeah. I mean, this is a person who you've already established some level of trust and you want to maintain that. So if she says no, then don't do it. Now, like you said, Dan, if you're approaching a certain type of intimacy or a certain, and she seems like she could be into it, that's a great time, a great opportunity for you to ask again. Say, hey, I'm, I really, I think that you're going to like this. Can I, can I try like tonguing you just for a little bit. Or say, I really like this. Use the I statements more than the you statements. I really like this. This is super hot. I think you're super sexy. Can I try this? And if she says no, go find something else sexy to do. Because there's plenty of sexy things to do in that moment. Hell yeah. So, great answer, Dan. I think this one was a team effort, Nassim. Hey, Nassim, why is my libido so high? So this is and isn't a complaint. It's also a genuine question. I'm a 22-year-old female. I just got done sleeping with this guy for two-plus hours, and I squirted a lot and was very active. But I'm still craving more. It's not a complaint because I like to keep going. However, it's a complaint because is that normal? Am I just at the point in my life where I'm going to be like this? Or should I raise this as an actual concern? I'd love to hear what you think. An increased libido has many factors involved. She might be on a period. You might be on your period or you may be approaching your period. Um, you, Your hormones may be kind of elevated or um, all over the place. You're also very young, so that's actually pretty appropriate. Um, and then also, although with women, libido does get higher as you get older. Um, So I don't think there's nothing wrong with you, first of all. 
you just have a high sex drive or in this moment you have a high sex drive. Also consider the more sex you have, the more you want to have sex. I find if I'm in a dry spell where I'm not really fucking, I really don't think about sex. It doesn't become important to me. I don't really have much of a sex drive. But once I start having sex, I want more sex. That's That also is a contributing factor. Um, because you're having a good time. You're chasing that dopamine, right? When you have sex, your pleasure hormones go up and you want to, our brains want to keep that dopamine coming. Um, so you're chasing that feeling, you're chasing that high because it is a high. Um, so it, it makes sense to me that you would continually have this high sex drive, even after just having a wild, sexy night. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. I think that's a great answer. I'm glad it meets your approval, Dan. It certainly does. <laughs> Not that mine matters at all. I hope it meets the terrible listener's approval. Hey, Nassim. I'm just wondering if men like playing rough with balls. Oh, that's the question. I thought there was I thought there was more. It really depends on the guy. It really depends. Everybody's got their different thing. Uh, I have a partner who loves to have his balls played with. Loves it. A- any chance I get, he's like, "Play with my balls. Like you're not t- you're not touching them. Why aren't you touching them?" <laughs> <laughs> I have another partner who I cannot go near them. They're just highly sensitive. If I like when I'm going down on him and I like graze his his balls or his taint, he's like, nope, that's enough. Like very sensitive, wildly different. There are guys who there's something called cock and ball torture in the kink community where, you know, people put their balls in like all sorts of contraptions to um, make them tight or um twist them and play with them. They'll stretch the skin. You know, there's lots of things that people like, but it's not for everybody. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Am I answering it? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the answer is ask your partner with the balls and see what he wants done with his balls. Exactly. Um, and if you're the type of person who really likes their balls, like played with, or like you, or the kind of guy who, you know, wants them smacked around or whatever, great. Do that. If you're someone who, like my one partner, like can't tolerate a lot of stimulation, that's okay too. It all depends. Everybody's built a little bit differently. Um, It's the same thing with any other form of touch on any other form of body part. Some people have very sensitive clitorises um, where, you know, too much rough play on the clit is just way too much stimulation and can be overwhelming. And other people can't get enough. It really all depends. Man, we got one more question. And I love this question. I think it's adorable. Great. Uh, This is good. Hi, Nassim. My friend told me I should get a summer fling but I don't know what that is. What is a summer fling and how do I get one? 
Isn't that great? That's very cute. (laughs) A summer fling is, it's someone that you, I think everybody has a little bit of a different definition. The way I define any kind of fling, it's not purely just sex. There's like some kind of romantic aspect to the relationship. So a summer fling is somebody who you meet, you have an instant connection with, and you spend time together, you go on cute dates, you have physical intimacy with over the course of the summer. A lot of times it happens because you just happen to be in the same place for a limited amount of time. Let's say you're on summer vacation and you meet somebody there like on the beach and you spend like your week long vacation together or you're at summer camp. Let's say that you're in high school and you meet somebody cute at summer camp and like you spend the summer together. Um, Or at a carnival or or at at the fireworks. Yeah. And you just spend like that time. It's a limited time. You both know that this isn't going to last indefinitely but you're just having fun for a short amount of time and it ends um, because of circumstance. It happens because of circumstance and it ends because of circumstance. And it's uh, in an ideal world. I know we don't live in an ideal world, but in an ideal situation, it would be positive for both parties and you would end Maybe being friends, maybe never speaking together ever again, but at least having a positive, amicable end to the relationship. They're fun, they're footloose, they're fancy free, and God, I love a summer fling. Man, I got a good summer fling story. Oh, do you? I do. My summer fling, I had just turned 16, and I think I either that day or like within a couple of days i had just gotten a car my first car my dad loaned me 500 bucks uh for the car but i had to get a job first so recently employed at the mcdonald's so that i could get a 500 dollars loan and i paid my dad back 50 bucks from every paycheck so i just got a car and me and a buddy maybe a couple buddies went to the the summer carnival in in the town i grew up in which is right next to the lake so i'm at the summer carnival and man i met a girl and she was really nice and really cute um and she went to a school across town so we weren't at the same school but we were from the same town and we hung out that night at the carnival with all the rides and stuff i'm sure we rode a couple rides together and then we walked across the street to the lake and we jumped the fence she was cool enough i was like following her she was cool enough to be like, let's jump this fence. So we jumped the fence and then went and sat on a dock at the lake while it was at, at the beach while it was closed. So we had the, the, the dock all to ourselves and pretty sure we never kissed, but we talked on the phone a fair amount after that. Um, we hung out a few times after that. I do believe we're still Facebook friends. I still see her around town uh, every once in a while. Um, but man, like, the warm fuzzies that I get from from that summer night hanging out at the beach on the on the dock all by ourselves. 
that's something out of like a teen romance novel. Totally. I love that. Yeah. That's a great example of a summer fling too, because it, you know, flings don't have to be sexual. They can be purely just fuzzy feelings and having a good time with someone that you connect with. Yeah. I, it was awesome. I, I, I love that. I love that. And so, yes, find yourself a summer fling. I think the other thing that a summer fling has is they're outside of your social circle. And it's only possible, and you said it like uh, at, at at vacation or something, but even even this, she was just at a different school, which means I would never have met her except for summertime, except for like at a big festival like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was awesome. It was that's awesome. That's great. And, and that's the thing, like how to meet or how to get a summer fling. It's not something you can really plan. They just... A lot of times they just happen. You just, you're out somewhere, you're in a particular circumstance and you just meet somebody because of either a a similar interest or you're at the carnival or it's, it's spontaneous. And that's the beauty of a summer fling. It's, it's a spontaneous thing that you don't expect. But keep yourself available for that. How do you Mm -hmm. get a summer fling? You make yourself available for a summer fling. Be open to meeting people. Right. You go places where you might meet somebody for a summer fling. And you be willing to talk to people who want to talk to you. Exactly. It's kind of the opposite. Not the opposite, but are you familiar with cuffing season? Yes. I'm familiar with the term, but why don't you explain it a little better? Just to make sure I know that you know what that means, Nassim. Well, I might not know what it means exactly because (laughs) I hadn't heard of it before this past year. Um, Cuffing season is in the wintertime when the weather starts to get kind of shitty and you don't want to go out. You meet somebody or you know somebody who you sort of like connect with. And you become inseparable and you kind of cuff together over the winter months to just sort of get you through and provide you warmth through the winter. And then at the end of- A warm body to Netflix and chill with. (laughs) Exactly. And then once the weather gets a little bit better and you're more wanting to go out, you like essentially ditch this person (laughs) and move on with your life. Yeah. And and I feel like- a summer fling doesn't have to be exclusive. Like, I feel like a summer fling is too short to be exclusive. Exactly. And cuffing season is like the opposite. It's like finding finding a quick person to be exclusive with for this brief period of time while we're all stuck inside. Exactly. It's funny because, like, I noticed that in the fall, there were way more t- people on Tinder. Yeah. And then during the winter months, Tinder kind of settled down or people that I had talked to in the fall kind of disappeared and then in the spring suddenly they all show up again (laughs) yeah it's definitely a thing super funny and interesting well I love it and I think that that's a great place to leave our terrible listener this week absolutely terrible listeners I hope you enjoyed it Dan I certainly did always a pleasure man I couldn't agree more thanks Nassim thanks Dan Nassine wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. 
Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.